Welcome to the cocoon, where the 99% transform into 100%. I'm your host, Michael Baker, and you're listening to the Open Door Podcast Series. Please welcome my guest from Portland, Oregon, Shalom Mayberg. I'm in the studio today with Shalom Mayberg. Mayberg, yes? Yeah. Shalom. Shalom. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing really well, Michael. I am I am so excited to, to be with you today. Um, I met Shalom not too long ago. <laughs> maybe like, a, I don't know, just maybe three weeks ago or yeah, something like that. Yeah, a couple like weeks that. ago. And I think one of the first things I asked was like, is that your, is that your real name? <laughs> because, you know, you don't, you don't find people that actually, at least I haven't, have the name Shalom. I mean, it is a Hebrew word, or which means peace, hello, and goodbye. Oh, it, wow. All of those at once. Yeah. And okay. I get it all the time. Everyone, like, second guesses me and says, is that your real name? <laughs> yeah. It's just very unusual to have someone have that, that name, but I think it's amazing. And what have, what's been your experience in having that name all your life? Well, um, I want to go back for a second. Sure. It's, it's not a very common name, although growing up, um, and I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish family, uh, I had a couple of friends whose name uh, is still Shalom. So it's mm. a little bit more common within that community where I grew up, um, not as common here in Portland or other places. Okay. When you say in that community, where was this? This was in Miami Beach, Florida. Oh, um, large Jewish community or not when I was Orthodox? Grow- not when I was growing up. It was an Orthodox community um, and very small, actually. We all knew each other. Um, I think, actually, my friends who are named Shalom also lived uh, in Brooklyn, New York. So oh. uh, I was going a little bit back and forth there. Yeah, I, I, I could kind of get that just from my understanding of, you know, when I say understanding, Maybe it's a belief or what we see on TV, <laughs> you know, where all the Jewish community, you know, congregates in, in the East. And, and, you know, you kind of think of it that way. But I just uh, I never thought about, you know, anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. New York's definitely a, a big one. Um, and Miami is, is that way is almost that way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up there, it was a lot smaller and I okay. liked it. It was good. All right. So that's that's a whole nother topic in itself. We'll have to save it for then. Absolutely. <laughs> so you are a talented, amazing individual. And uh, I would like you to share with everyone what it is that you do. What is your creativity that you're you're sharing with uh, Portland and the world right now? Well, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah. And, and I, I say that humbly. Uh, there's a lot of neat things happening right now. And um, a lot of it has to do with helping people find peace. And I didn't come up with this. I didn't, um, you know, figure out, all right, I'm going to go and do this. And then, and then that's going to happen. And then I'll come up with, you know, uh, this grand plan. Uh, it kind of all unfolded piece, one piece at a time, piecemeal. And, um, what ended up happening was I'm offering people, uh, sound healing and energy healing and yoga and meditation. And it's really, really beautiful. I, I, if I may say so, I'm, I'm getting feedback from people that I work with um, here in Portland and also in other places across the country where they're either messaging me or emailing me or, or seeing me the next time around and saying all of these wonderful benefits that are happening and that took place post a crystal bowl sound bath or a restorative yoga that I teach here weekly. Um, and it's really, really beautiful and wonderful to see it because it's not only me 
offering this. It's there's something else that's happening that it's explainable, and maybe we'll save that also for a, another time. Um, but there's something that's coming through me that's really, really healing and really grounding and just helps people get to where they have to go. Wow. Okay. So let's go back and, and teach us here. You, you named three, but I call them modalities, uh, energy, um, sound bath, and it sounds like meditation or yoga. Can you explain the various aspects of, of the things that you do to us? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I started off with yoga, um, practicing yoga first in 2003 in Brooklyn College. I remember my first yoga class. And I walked out of there just floating in cloud nine. It was wonderful. And I kept on going back. And back then, it was a little bit more about um, a physical practice that I also felt good coming out of. And that turned into something that became a little bit more spiritual, a little bit more connecting myself to myself and less about the physical practice, even though those are great mm. benefits. So what I offer people now here in Portland um, and also when I travel um, is more of a restorative yin type setting where it's more about connecting to the posture and not fighting to be in it or stay in it, mm. but allowing yourself to be in it and making just minor adjustments and really breathing deeply through the practice. And that helps you to connect to self. And that helps people to focus and to be a little bit more clear on what they need and what they want. And then it helps them to get to that place. Okay. When you say that there's, again, a lot there. This is yoga, yes? Yeah. Okay. This is uh, the physical the, yes. part of, of yoga. Okay. Let's asana. talk about that because... Honestly, I say, oh, I do yoga. I do these things called the five rights. Have you ever heard of that before? I have not. Okay. Well, I'll explain that to you another day. But I do those. I've been doing those for years, maybe about 10 years. And yeah, that's, it's called a yoga, yoga, but I don't, I've never actually done yoga that everyone else is doing and, and, and all what. So, and I know a lot of people that I know do not even understand what that is. I, I, I have a, a, a housemate, <laughs> she has done yoga, and she's 72, she doesn't mind me saying, two years old, and she's done yoga, and it's done amazing things for her, and she would never have gotten into yoga, I think maybe before, I think a lot of people think that there's a a religious tone to it, or maybe they're afraid of yoga, or it means these things, so can you kind of dispel the, you know, the mysticism around that, and, or, you know, or, or, you know, qualify it. Yeah, I don't know if I want to dispel anything. I mean, you know what I mean? Pe uh, let's put it this way. People, maybe those who are like, uh, you know, kind of hesitant on what does this, what does this mean? You know, what do you mean yoga? What's happening with yoga? What does it, what does it mean? Look, Michael, if you're going to go into a yoga studio that's offering um, hot yoga or, you know, a really core style yoga, um, there are great teachers there are great studios and people are going there for whatever the reason might be. I'm not going to talk about that for a moment. I'm going to talk about a different type of yoga and it is spiritual and it is based somewhat in religion, but the religion is a way of life. Hmm. And so yoga, the movement aspect of yoga is only one aspect of the many different limbs of yoga. And it certainly helps. We have to be physically active. Um, we have to be healthy in mind and body, 
Um, but there are so many other things that we can also be doing that's part of yoga that these classes don't always um, talk about or expand on or invite people to continue doing this practice mm. when they leave the studio. So it is, you know, it is a spiritual practice and a maybe spiritual practice. Yeah. yeah. Re religion just has a, uh, you know, a harsh, um, I think, sound to it. Uh, to many people so just maybe spiritual sounds better i'm yeah. not sure and maybe to other people spiritual sounds also a little bit <laughs> maybe you're out of right. there so yeah continue but so in short really it's it's a lifestyle um that doesn't end when you leave the yoga studio and get off the mat and roll it up and put it in your mm. in your little cubby until you come back the next time <laughs> there's a lot more that goes on and it's about being grateful and it's about um being peaceful and non-violent to self and others and trying not to lie and cheat and steal like so many other religions and traditions also have you know in their texts and it's no different and it's helping us to find out who and what we are as people and what we're doing here on this planet and what it's all about. And at some point, it brings us to the understanding that um, we're here to love. We're here to love yeah. ourselves, maybe most importantly. Um, and then we're here to love each other. And each other doesn't just mean the person next to us. It also means this planet that we're on and the animals that we're sharing this planet with and the trees and the air and the water. And I know that sounds very, very hippie-like, but, you know, you can go into, and I'll, I'll quote um, some of the Jewish texts, yeah. but you can go into um, a weekday or a Saturday morning um, prayer service for, for the Jewish tradition. And I haven't done it yet. I, it's been on my mind. And you can count how many times the word love is mentioned. And I'm going to say it's at least 30 times that that word is mentioned. So there's something that goes back thousands and thousands of years um, in the practice of, of Judaism, in the practice of, of yoga and Hinduism, um, and all these other Eastern philosophies. It's about finding out what we're here to do. And what we're here to do is to, to be grateful and to love. And, and that's what the practice of yoga helps us to conquer and come to terms with. Well, but that's, that's, that is my mantra. That is what I'm here to speak in many different ways. And, and again, as I said, I haven't practiced yoga. Um, you're, I, I have a feeling you're going to be the one to teach me these, these practices. Uh, but I, uh, I do know that that's, that that's the essence of it from what I, what I've taken from it. Okay. So that's one. And we could talk about these things for days and we will, we will, we will, we will. I'd love to. Yeah, uh, we will. So let's go to the next one. So the next one is sound healing. Okay. Um, sound healing. So we all, we all carry lots of stuff with us. We are moving through this life with all its different stressors and time management and constraints and, um, you know, work schedules and family commitments and everything. And that brings a lot of stress into our life. And so when we're just dealing with like getting through the day um, or just getting past whatever that next deadline is, we don't have the time to focus on love. We don't have the time to focus on self-care. Um, we run into that yoga class, we roll out our mat, do our quick hour practice, get out, and we got to either go back to work or go back to whatever it is that we're doing. And so the sound healing is another tool where it's not hitting the easy button, but it's an easier way to just let some of those stressors mm. be released. Um, and also it helps to 
um, reduce a lot of the stress from when we were children or years and years ago that we've just stuffed down somewhere in our consciousness or in our physical body um, and we either didn't want to deal with it or didn't know that we have to deal with it uh, or we didn't want to deal with it. Um, so this sound healing starts to bring up these emotions and brings up these feelings they could be great, they could be really uncomfortable, um, but it brings it to the surface. And then I always remind people to just breathe. And at some point, mm. the next sound, the next tone, the next note is gonna just change everything and, and it's gonna be dropped. And, and you're gonna let go of all that stuff that we've been, or that someone's been holding on to for so long. So it's just another tool to help people relax, to help people find peace, to get more balanced. Okay. To me, when you say it's the sound healing, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly the, I could say I know, but the context or the science behind that, what is, how does a sound, how is this working, uh, you know, physics wise? How is, you know, hearing a sound doing these things? I mean, that's a lot. Your emotions are changing. Your, it's bringing up things from the past. <laughs> how is that working? Okay. Well, I'll start off with saying I'm not a scientist okay. and I'm not a physicist. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you really technical uh, answers here, but what I will say is everything has a sound vibration to it. So everything in this planet, if it's a living form, right, it has its atoms and neutrons and protons and they're, they're moving and they're creating a vibration and that vibration has sound. And so this planet has sound, um, water has sound, the stones have sound, animals, humans, everything that's around us has this sound. The instruments that I play, as far as I know, are at their perfect balance with the sound vibration. So they're not having the stressors that us humans have. For example, my uh, quartz crystal um, bowl. Okay. It's resonating when, when moved um, at a certain um, frequency that's balanced and it's working with different parts of our physical body. And so when we lie down and for an hour you listen to these sounds, it's balancing the different parts of your body back to a good stable place. Um, so the sound frequency of the instruments are connecting with the sound frequency of our bodies and of our brains and of our cells and bringing them back to balance. Are you saying that it's matching or maybe it's raising our vibration or, or to its balanced state so that we come back into balance? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Because we are mostly water and if, you know, all, and all these things have sound. So it sounds like, again, you're, these, these tools are being used to bring you into balance because they are in balance. They are, res we're resonating then with their balanced state. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Just wanted to put that out there. All right. Love that. Um, and there's, again, more to that. Next one. Energy healing. <clears throat> um, All right. That's the, <laughs> let's talk about that. What is this energy healing? <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll start off pretty basic, and then, and then we can go a little bit deeper. Right. Um, right. So I started off with um, doing a level one and two Reiki um, healing. And what is that? Reiki mm. is a Japanese hands-on healing art or modality. And actually, I think when it first came out, um, it wasn't hands-on. It was the hands were just above the body, so it wasn't touching. Mm -hmm. um, and and both work these days, or you know, uh, across 
across the healing spectrum, you can do hands-on or hands-off, and they're primarily just as good, either one. So I started off with level one and two Reiki. It's a healing arts uh, out of Japan. It came through um, Hawaii and then uh, into the mainland and North America. Um, and then it's it's a fairly new healing tool. I think um, the early, 19, uh, early to mid-1900s, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and basically that is taking the universal healing energy that's all around us all the time and channeling that into the person that you're working on. So it's not energy that's coming from the practitioner, from the person Mm -hmm. doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, That person is just a channeler bringing in whatever is around them. Okay. Now, when I say this, because I'm... I'm hearing different voices. I'm seeing the people who are afraid. What do you mean the things around you? The, so let's speak to the ones who are hesitant about what do you mean all around you? Are you ta- are these good energies, bad energies? What kind of energy are you talking about that you're allowing to come through to bring? I'm going to go back to what you just said about balance, you know, with the, with the sounds. So it kind of sounds like you're doing the same thing um, in this manner. Yeah, it, it's it's just another tool to bring people back to balance, absolutely. Instead of using sound healing, we're using energy healing. Um, and the energy that I said that's all around us, I believe, my personal opinion is that the universe um, or spirit or God or whatever we want to call it only wants us to be healthy and happy and live good lives. They don't want us to um, steal. They don't want us to kill each other. They don't want us to kill ourselves. That's not what universe wants for us. Mm. Um, and I say that generally. I don't, there's, I don't think that there's right. a, a person that's, you know, right. looking at us and saying, yep, my, you know, I'm controlling everything. <laughs> and you over here and you over there. Yeah, but, but some people do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so universe wants us all to be... Um, supported and and there's no Mm. other way than that i believe and so the energy that's all around us and when i say energy i'm i'm talking about spirit i'm talking about divine consciousness i'm talking about the consciousness of the forests and nature where so many people find you know god or connection Mm. to to what their life is or to what's around them Um, so there's something really special about the air that we breathe Mm -hmm. and what's around us and that's what is being channeled into um, the person that you're working on. Okay, work with me here. So I'm seeing it in this way. So th- for those who you know were questioning this idea or seeking to understand, you just said like you go into the forest. You noticed anyone who, when they feel relaxed, when you go to a place or a forest or when you're on vacation or you're somewhere where it's beautiful and and you're like, this is amazing. You're feeling. You're experiencing an energy and it's being represented to you because what is around you because the water is a lot because it has that that energy flowing through it in the forest and it, when it's quiet and you see wonderful uh, uh, you know nature and and it's it's clean and fresh it's not just the physical aspects it's putting off an energy and when you're feeling that you're coming into balance with what really is already there to support you because those things are receiving that energy, that God force, that spirit force. And 
because they are again resonating balancing you're going wow that you're just like you would a person who has that same thing and you go wow you begin to become that way because that's what your natural state is that's what your natural state and that's why it feels so good Right. Hear what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Which is why people can go to, you know, uh, Hawaii or Sedona, Arizona, or all these different places that the actual um, location gives off this presence, gives off this quote unquote energy that people can feel and is real and it makes them feel a certain way. And they come back, like you said, feeling more balanced and more grounded, Um, you know, and uh, nature's elements have this, you know, when, when it's windy out or before a hurricane comes, people start to lose their balance a little bit. It's not because mm-hmm. the wind is pushing them down. It's because <laughs> the nature around them is starting to shift and mm-hmm, change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but going back to the energy work, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm, that I'm taking the energy from the trees or the ocean. All right. I believe that I'm going one step um, further than that. And I'm taking, or I'm, I'm, we're using the energy that's also offering the energy to the ocean, to the waves, to the trees, to the yes. birds, to all of the elements, and to us as well. So we're just, it's kind of like, you know, vegans are, are vitamin B12 deficient. I'm B12 deficient, and my naturopathic doctor offered maybe to give me a B12 shot. And that's kind of what it is. We're just we're just taking like that energy injection and, and putting in some extra energy to get us back to where we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. so that we can see clearer so that we can stay more focused so we can listen better to ourselves and to what is around us it's amazing beautiful okay so those are the three types of modalities that you utilize in your practice in your um your creativity and your sharing yeah yes yeah okay all right so a little backstory because you have a story (laughs) how did you get into doing this what what is the background what happened Wow. Um, I guess I want to go way back and say that, you know, growing up, um, we had family dinners every night. And my mom would make, you know, real food. And we'd sit down, we'd eat. And I think that really is the starting point of my quest to be healthy and to live a good, wholesome life. It, it starts with food. That's, you know, you go to any, yeah, yeah. any culture, mm-hmm. any, any country, everything's about food. Yes. So I think with this as well, this really started with food. And, um, you know, granted, my mom was making meatloaf here and there and some other things. Um, but that's what gave me, that's what, that's, that was my foundation for finding health and wellness in my life. And um, there came a point where yoga just popped into my life. And I was at Brooklyn College in, uh, I think, 2001. And um, I took that class and I felt great, like I mentioned before, and I continued taking yoga. And that evolved into um, finding out more about myself and my eating habits and my social habits Hmm. that I started to question on and off, more or less. And and a lot happened between then and then going to India. <laughs> okay, so you said you started questioning habits. I always like to get into, you know, what what was the switch? Everybody has a the transformational time. And I'm not saying it's something that you know, you were this person before and now you're this highly evolved being. It's your transition to get you to being more of who you are, okay? And you said some things started to change. What started to change? Again, it goes back to the f- my food choices, and I started um, 
experimenting with, because it was an experiment, mm-hmm. um, becoming vegetarian, vegan, um, raw food, and then even some liquid uh, diets for some time. And I went back and forth with those things. Um, and that's where my curiosity really started taking hold. And um, a part of it was, you know, not wanting to um, hurt animals, animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important aspect uh, of my life. Um, and so that's where a lot of the, the changes started taking place. And the different ideas and concepts started to, like, bubble up. And and I don't know if I had the tools back then to really go deep and to start asking questions and figuring things out. So I just kept on experimenting and going back and forth with different um, food habits and yoga practices. Um, so that's really the what it was back then. Um, there was something, I think there was something inside of me that just, I was, I was born with, um, you know, throughout my life, post uh, trying out all these different food uh, diets and going to India, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, I was always called, uh, you know, like the hippie or the tree hugger or the, <laughs> you know, all these different names that I definitely didn't look like if there is a look. Um, and I didn't consider myself to be that either, but I think just inherently, like I had that interest in my in my spirit, in myself, to be more grounded or to be more calm um, or to be more peaceful, without really having the education of that um, or people telling me that hey, this is what you're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing. So it kind of just was, but again, not um, smart enough or. Uh, had the, enough tools to really start to dig into it and, and check out what that was. Is this as a child or as, you know, as a, you know, elementary school, high school, when did you start noticing that, oh, you know, this is kind of, I am a little bit different? I'd say a little bit of um, elementary and high school, even though I had my fair share of, <laughs> of not being so peaceful during <laughs> elementary and high school. Um, but I think it, it started it started there, and, and maybe some of it had to do with just growing up in a small town. Mm-hmm. In Miami Beach, you know, in the 80s, it was it was a small town, considering. Um, so I think a little bit of that was, was definitely helpful, um, going to the beach often and just sitting on a dock and fishing, um, you wow. know, when I had my time off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so a lot of peacefulness just happening in and around my life mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that I think somewhere, um, maybe towards the end of high school and then into um, undergraduate studies is where a lot of that started happening and coming up and meeting different people with all these wonderful ideas that I then started to research and check into. Okay, and this is before you went to India. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did India come about? Um, my brother, seven years older than me, uh, went to India on a UN mission, UN United Nations sent him to this really small village in the Northwest in Rajasthan to a leper colony, um, Mm -hmm. to work with lepers, um, basically just like bringing in American people or Westerners to hold and touch and bring these children of lepers to Hmm. school so that people would recognize it's not... Um, uh. that big of a deal. And and he went there and he spent a couple of months in India and it was it was really difficult back then. Um, 
And when he came back, he showed me a couple of pictures. And he didn't go on a spiritual mission or trying to find himself. He just he was working for the UN, and they sent him. Um, and when he came back, he showed me these pictures. And I can almost I can almost promise you that there was a light that got lit inside of of somewhere in my body that I was just I knew I had to go there and that I was going to go there. Um, and I was young, I was a little child, um, and I and and that would come up every once in a while, every couple of years. This like little flame would ignite again, and be like, "Oh, India," hmm. and then it would just kind of go away, and and every once in a while it would just pop up, and then finally it popped up, and I was like, "I'm I'm going to India." And when did you go? What year was this? So I went um, August 26, 2010. I quit my job. <laughs> Three days later, you quit uh, your job. I quit what my you, job. What were you doing? I was a police officer for. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. Do we need to backtrack or you went? <laughs> I was a state police officer uh, in the state of Florida, uh, Marine Patrol. Hmm. Um, so four days a week, I was on a 26-foot um, center console outboard, twin outboard um, boat patrolling the ocean, uh, the bays, the rivers. <laughs> And I wow. did that for two years, okay. six months of police academy. That's where they were calling me the uh, the tree hugger. Ah, uh, in the police now academy. it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, now it makes sense. <laughs> you know, there I was in the police academy, and you know, kicking butt. I was I was top notch. You know, running and and all Ooh. the physical stuff, and okay. and um and the book smart and all of that. Um, maybe not so much street smart. <laughs> what, what what made you decide to go into the police force? Ah, that's um, that's another story. Um, and in short, I was graduating from Florida International University with a master, a bachelor's in environmental science, mm. minored in marine biology. Mm. And for our last semester, we had to do a summer internship. And the headquarters for this police department was literally right next door to our university that was on on the on the bay on the Florida Bay. And so I. I went to the headquarters to um, apply for an internship there, and there were three parts of the uh, of the organization. There was the law enforcement, there was the science side, and then there was the office work. And so um, I obviously chose the uh, law enforcement side, and the second night that I was on my internship, it was a lobster mini season. Um, <laughs> they opened it up to recreational um, fisher people, fishermen. Okay. And um, it was 11 p.m. at night, and I was on this police boat, and we got a call of someone who had been stopped for a regular recreational you know, fishing, fishing check and found that he had some stuff that was illegal, and then there was a warrant out for his arrest. So I found myself on this boat with lights and sirens and the officers on the boat with me, guns drawn, and like three other police boats all pointing at this one guy. And and my my brain just went, oh my God, this is this is what I want to do. I want to I want to protect the Florida's mm. natural resources, mm. fish and wildlife, okay. and um, and protect it with a gun and a and a badge and a ticket book and handcuffs because people don't listen to you if you just say like, hey, you can't do that. Mm. So I felt like, oh, this was going to be something really neat, and and it was. And we weren't only protecting um, the fish and wildlife out in Florida, but we were also acting as um, state police officers. So we had our regular state law enforcement book that we had to um, learn and know and, and protect. And then also we were federally, um, uh, what's the word? We were, we had federal jurisdiction as well yes. um, out in the ocean. 
And so we had those laws that we had to know and, and uphold. Um, and then we also had the natural resource um, division of law enforcement side that we um, that we worked as. And so there was this balance of, of you know, babysitting people and um, search and rescue and, uh, and then also um, writing misdemeanors for uh, people who were catching fish out of season or, um, or sealing boats or whatever it was. Everything that happened on land happened on the water. So, okay. so that's how I got into it. I, right. I loved it. Um, I did 120 hours that summer and um, I applied. And out of the state of Florida, I think there was probably over a thousand applicants, and they dropped that down to a couple of hundred. And then, um, out of a couple of hundred doing the physical examination, um, I think they had a hundred that passed. I was part of that 100. And then that year, they were having some um, state budget issues where they had to, uh, they didn't have so much budget available for for this police department. And so they dropped their um, applicants by half. So I was one of um, the top 50 that, wow. that got in okay, so. for that year. And, uh, and it was, it was great. It was, it was just a great experience. Hmm. Gave me some skin, uh, some <laughs> thick skin. And uh, it taught me how to be a little bit more street smart and how to mm. work with people and, and deal with people at times and learn um, body language and, mm know when someone's lying yeah. or not, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah, so that's how I got into law enforcement. So it, would, it was a great school in itself to oh, learn yeah. aspects of whatever. You know, it's, it's interesting how when you follow your excitement and what you said, you're like, wait a minute, this could, that protection, that love from you was coming forth. You're like, I could use this in this manner. And you followed that. And you learned a great deal. Some people, well, how could you, a police officer, you Obviously, you weren't thinking that because you chose it. Right. But you followed that. But then all of a sudden, you, something changed, and you decided to go to India. Yeah. I wasn't feeling nourished enough on the job. Um, on paper, it was great, you know, mm -hmm. protecting and serving and all of that. Um, a lot of red tape, um, a lot of things that you had to kind of go around or not necessarily do, um, which made it a little bit difficult sometimes on the job. And... Um, and then, yeah, just not feeling nourished, not feeling like this was what I was supposed to be doing for the next 25 years of my life. Mm. And so I told myself, well, if I'm, if I don't see myself staying here for the long haul and I'm going to leave, then I might as well leave now. And if I'm going to leave now before I get my next job, I should go and travel for six months to a year. And that's when that flame of India popped up again. Mm -hmm. And it was like, hey, did I just hear six months to a year vacation? <laughs> Ta -ta. Yeah. So the, the dream or the, 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 that flame that was ignited in you, that light when you were a child, came back to you at this time. Yeah. And you chose to follow that. And you did. Yeah. And you were there for how long? So I traveled India, Asia, and parts of Europe for about three years. And oh, I, my goodness. I did three different trips. Um, this first trip was eight months. I sold almost everything I had. Um, sold my car. I still had a motorcycle. I sold my car, got rid of all my things, put everything in a bag, in a backpack, and took a one-way flight to India, knowing that I would do a yoga teacher training, which is generally five weeks, mm -hmm. a five-week-long program. And then I wanted to do the Reiki healing as well. And mm -hmm. that was already in my mind. And I uh, went straight to, the, to an ashram, to a, a place where, where people study yoga and, and live that sort of lifestyle. And I did a five-week program. Um, and it was incredible. It was, it was just amazing. I 
I was at the happiest point of my life. I was, mm. I was blissed out. It was, it was real bliss for that time. How did you feel when you say? So um, there were two parts of the ashram. The front part is where the dining room was and where we had some classes. And then the back part of the ashram was where um, I stayed. And also we had some classes there as well. So three times a day, we would have to walk from the back part of the ashram to the front part um, to go and eat. And I just remember um, every time I would walk back and forth, and it was this nice little path with like some bushes and trees out on the side and butterflies. And I would just walk slow and I would look up and, and like daydream, but daydream reality what, with what was around me. And I would just have this smile on my face. And, mm. and I, I probably looked like I was not well or on something. <laughs> um, but, but, and I wasn't, you know, there was, there was no alcohol there. There were no drugs. Um, you know, it was it was a clean city. It was one of the six holy cities in in India, where there's no alcohol there, um, and uh, and it was just amazing. It was it was pure and it was beautiful and it was it was something that I wanted to return to. You said blissed out. So that feeling. What is that? You know, I asked someone. What does that feel like? Is it? You know, you're not on any drugs. You're not necessarily. I want to say you're obviously practicing something. Obviously, you were doing yoga and these types of things. So, yeah, you can explain. Yeah, I'll try. Um, I felt that I didn't have any worries and I didn't have any problems and still had commitments, still had to be in you know places at different times and had some work that I had to take care of as well um, in the ashram. But but everything there there wasn't a there wasn't a rush to it. And it's not that we didn't do our work or we were lazy or took our time, but it was just, it was being more present without any um, side distractions happening. And I was really able to be in the moment with myself and be in the moment with others around me or nature around me. So just being more present and with that feeling of, of presence it eliminated worries. It eliminated stress mm, mm, because mm-hmm. that doesn't exist when, when you're, I want to say truly, but when you're almost truly present, then there are no worries and there are no stressors that are happening. And that's, that's the feeling of bliss. Mm. And of course it came with some good, healthy eating and, you know, exercise and meditation and chanting and, um, studying. We did, uh, you know, yogic philosophy. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of components to it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, go to India, sit in an ashram, and you're all blissed out. <laughs> and it happens. Yeah. Yes, it was. And it was a process for you. Um, there are so many things, of course, that we're going to discuss. Um, and we're almost towards the end of this session. So are you going to come back for us? I, I would love to. On a continue? Yeah, of course you are, because I got plans for you, just I keep telling this everybody. <laughs> we got plans. Shalom, you are, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I had a conversation with Shalom, uh, uh, a week ago or a week and a half ago and uh you know he said something he says you know i i hold space for people and i have to tell you you do you are a very present being and when you're in your presence and when you're talking to you or uh, in this manner you're able to again we talked about the the resonance you know when something is that when something exudes presence or love or balance it's easier for other beings who are in that environment to do the same. And so I'll say that, I'll bring that full circle, that that's what you do. 
you know, and that's what it, and that's what we can do. And and what I'm hearing from you, uh, as we'll discuss many different things, more modalities. Uh, we will discuss more th- places where you're going and what you're going to be doing and what you are doing in the in the city and beyond. Um, but that's what I'm hearing from you is that that's what you're you're bringing uh, to us. Yeah, I wanna I wanna I wanna show people that. And I want people to, to feel it and live it, that they have everything that they need to move forward. They have what it takes. Um, it's nice to go to a guru. It's nice to go to a, a healer and a helper. And, and sometimes it's necessary for some amount of time. But at the end of the day, uh, we all have it in us to be that person, to be that light for others as well, not just for ourselves. And so I'm, I'm so happy and elated to be able to offer people some support um, from time to time and from here and there to, to get them through maybe the harder parts um, so that they can realize that, you know, they are perfect just exactly as they are and that they have the ability to, to help and help and help. That they have the, all the power within them. Yeah. Yeah. And they are, the, they are the power yeah. within them. We're a part of it. We We're a part are. of it. We, we are. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. So with that said, um, we're right now in this will probably air in you know december january um so what will you be doing here in the next months towards the end of the year uh next year you got anything to share yeah i gotta where do people find you absolutely so um you can find me on my website shalom360.com um also with facebook and And that's 360 the numbers not 360 yeah okay Uh uh-huh um all the other social media outlets that are out there i'm on it and um Basically, uh, five to six times a month, I'm offering crystal bowl sound baths here in the greater Portland, um, collaborating with a lot of other yoga teachers here where we're teaching a more relaxing yin restorative yoga, and I'm bringing my instruments and playing for the class. Mm. Um, also working with a few people, offering some more sacred ceremonies where people can go a little bit more deeper. Um, so I do that. And, um, and then I offer energy work. Um, usually once a month. Uh, so you can, you can always book um, online or get in touch with me. Is that once a month for a group of people or just a personal? Personal sessions, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, I definitely have a couple of things brewing that are probably going to start yeah. showing up at the beginning of next year. Um, talking about group stuff, maybe uh, more online group stuff. Okay. But for now, um, here in Portland, and I, I travel a little bit as well, um, mostly for, for the teens that I work with. Um, ah, yeah, the teens. <laughs> we did get into that. That's, yeah, that's the next one. That's yeah. A, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, get in touch with me. I, I'd always love to talk about it, um, help people navigate through where they're going. Um, or if there's something that I can't uh, help with, I, I know a lot of people here in Portland that do different things or things like me, and I'm happy to, you know, send you over to them. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely here to help. So you know, please reach out. That's wonderful. Okay, so Shalom, like I said, I have plans for, for all of us. We are going to all be working together, uh, doing various events, uh, workshops, and different things throughout the city and more. Yes. And um, really, this is all about working together for me. You know my whole thing. I'm about collaboration, cooperating with people, being in balance, you guys, because really, you can do anything. And we are here, all of us are here with our special gifts, with who we are. Um, to support one another. And when these begin to integrate, you guys, uh, I, the love and the, and the light that I feel is, is so powerful. 
I, I, I just want to go, come on, see what I see. Uh, and that's, that's the work, is to bring people like yourself uh, so people can see um, what they have access to and who they are. And uh, so I thank you for the work that you do, and I'm appreciative, and I'm looking so forward. I get to come to one of your, you invited me <laughs> I did. on Thursday. What am I going to go to? What, what do I'm in store for? You're coming to an hour-long crystal ball sound bath. Oh, I told wow. you to bring a mat, a blanket, and a pillow. Okay. Well, I, I, I didn't I didn't read that part. <laughs> I, I have to bring a mat, a pillow. <laughs> yeah. And and the more comfort, the better. Okay. And where do you hold these? Uh, the one you're coming to is at Yoga Union in Southeast Portland. Okay. Um, and I hold them at different yoga studios across town. Okay. Uh, west side, east side, north, south. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's what you're coming to. And you're just coming to, to right. relax and enjoy and soak it in. Fantastic. Yeah. So I come... With, do I have to change into something when I'm there? Do you just come? Well, how, what, what's wear, the protocol? Wear something comfortable. Okay. Um, nothing fancy. Uh, <laughs> you mean no tuxedo? <laughs> no tuxedo, and, and you don't need your Lululemon um, okay. <laughs> yoga pants. <laughs> that was the next thing. Okay. <laughs> Shalom. Thank you so much. And uh, you're just a, a great light. And so I look forward to the next one. Uh, continual. Thanks Absolutely, Michael. You. Thanks right. for having me here, and I'm looking forward to yeah. all of us working together. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. You've been listening to the Open Door podcast series. The Open Door is part of the Cocoon, the creative action centers of online open source networks. Tune in weekly, where we share ideas on consciousness, health, and creativity. Together, we are taking action where the 99% transform into 100%.